You're listening to Talk of the Town, the podcast for Lurgan Town FC, the place where you'll find heart on the sleeve in bucket loads. Hello and welcome along to episode 7 of Talk of the Town. Can we start by apologising on the delay that it's taken to get this episode to you? We were waiting on first team manager Lee Dixon to give us his wonderful insight on the world of football but he must have been off polishing his head or something like that because we are still waiting. We will forgive him though because he has agreed to uh, do a very big project for us for the next episode. On today's show we have two guests then. We have Jeff Wilson who is part of the academy management and we have Davy Trainer, who uh, takes the under 14 in the Lisburn League team. So let's get on with the show. Our first guest is Jeff Wilson. Jeff joined the academy staff a number of years ago. Um, Jeff, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us how you became part of the Lurgantown Academy team? Well, thanks for having me on uh, on the show. Uh, so, just to ask your your answer your first question. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been going and taking my son Max uh, to to Lurgan Town for probably around about uh, two years, watching him every week and enjoying enjoying watching him uh, develop and play and enjoy his football as as a parent, and then an ask came out to be a volunteer from from Phil, uh, the academy director. And basically went home, had a, a conversation with the wife and said, look, you know, I'm going anyway. And as some people know, I've, I've got my UEFA A license. So if I've got my badge uh, and I'm going and watching, why not uh, make use of it? So I decided to help out the coaches and have been doing that over the, the last two years. Really enjoyed the experience and to see the, the kids uh, develop. And uh, it's been great just to, to, to see that happening over, over the last number of years. Jeff, tell us about the young squad then, as the under tens in the academy. Um, what sort of uh, what sort of squad have you got? So we have a great squad uh, at the two thousand and elevens. Uh, we've got two great keepers with uh, great prospects. Uh, we've got a couple of really good defenders who are really starting to understand the game from a defending point of view. Uh, some fantastic mid- midfielders and there's a, a whole load of people obviously want to play up front and want to score those goals. Um, and, and I have to say, not only in uh, the Predators uh, and the Vapors, but even in the whole squad that we've got, we've got uh, some really, really uh, skillful, uh, skillful boys uh, that are and girls who are really developing uh, their skills from a passing point of view, from a shooting point of view, and from a dribbling point of view. And I think probably the next thing that we want to work on uh, in this age group is looking a little bit on shape. Uh, so we've been focusing probably for the last couple of years on pass, shoot and move and everything that we've put together is in those areas. Uh, I think we want to really now move that to the next stage where it's pass, uh, move, shoot but then also shape and just continuing those themes across all of the squad. But um, no, all all the boys and girls have uh, performed excellently uh, over the last number of years and you can see them really developing, you know, as they get older. Jeff, that really is fascinating to hear. Uh, just a, a small insight there to what you're working on with the young kids. Um, it's a far cry from when I was growing up playing football, and I'm sure the same for yourself. 
Um, this is the last year, uh, I believe, of the of the boys and girls playing in the in the academy in the small set of games on a Saturday morning. Um, do you think the missing all of this football between the end of last season and the start of this season, um, they've missed out on so much. Will it affect them going forward then into the the nine aside game? Yeah, a very interesting question. I personally think that uh, the, the boys and girls have missed out on uh, almost nearly a full year of development. And that's a de- development not only of the skills, but of them just actually being with other boys and girls in that sort of type of environment that uh, a team sport like football brings. What I would say is, you know, boys and girls at that age are very resilient and obviously they're like sponges. So uh, what we're hoping is that they uh, will be able to, well, get back into the, the way of things very, very quickly. And that's what we're hoping. But I do think there is and there has been something missing that whole bit of just getting fit, getting out there, uh, being active. And I suppose that's the key thing, being active. Um, but as I say, uh, you know, what, what we would like to think is, as coaches, because they're so still young and developing, they'll, they'll maybe bring that back uh, very, very quickly once we're back playing again. Just talking about getting back and playing then, Jeff, do you think do you think the kids will get much football this year? Yeah, interesting question. And suppose only time will tell. Personally speaking, uh, I think uh, with this second strain of, of COVID, um, and I think with the, the spread, I think it probably won't be until the summertime when obviously the uh, the, the virus doesn't like the, the heat or it doesn't spread as quickly in, in, in warm conditions. I think it'll not be until this summer that uh, there's some sort of normality in terms of sport. And I think even at that, it's all down to the, the, the vaccine. And obviously that will take a period of time in terms of uh, the vaccines being rolled out to uh, you know, the wider population and, and, and all of that. And I think as well with the vaccine, you know, just to make sure that the, the actual vaccine works and it is safe for us as uh, as people. So I think for me, I would say that it's probably highly unlikely that there'll be too much football uh, being played. And I think not only from a uh, from a parent point of view, from a coaching point of view, I think that's really sad. And and we want to try and get back as quick as possible to playing sport, whether that's individual sport or team sport, for all the benefits that it brings. And for all the great stuff that the likes of Lurgantown Football Club are doing, you know, they've got over 500 kids uh, that are uh, being taught at a high, high level in terms of skills and ability. And that uh, cannot be underestimated. You know, to me, football clubs are those people in the community, those community clubs that really bring our community together. Uh, So we need sport. We need football back as quick as possible. But I just think that uh, it mightn't be just any time soon. Jeff, if I could take you away from Lurgantown now and over to one of your other loves, um, Crumlin. Um, how are you guys finding all of this lockdown and no football and things like that? Yeah, just like uh, Lurgan Town, um, obviously everything is, has all stopped from our academy through to the, the, the senior team. Um, I'm, I'm I'm one of the coaches there at the, at the senior team, and uh, my dad started the club, and uh, so as you say, it's uh, one of my one of my other loves. Um, it's been very unfortunate. We, we've actually been doing a lot. Uh, we've just 
uh, got planning permission for a £1.8 million community hub. So that's a, a great step forward. Uh, we haven't got the funding secured. There's a number of ideas we have to do that. Uh, but that's a really exciting project at Crumlin United, which will really embed all different community activities and organisations in the Crumlin area. And that will be there to not only look at community cohesion, but also maybe to tackle certain issues in, in the village as well as to promote, you know, positive uh, community cohesion as well. Um, on the other side of that uh, community hub is a stand and that will help us to maybe move forward in, uh, in, in, in the um, on the playing side as well in terms of what leagues that we can really try to you know to get into and to move up the leagues which i think is going to be very interesting so if we get that right i think it's a real game changer for for crumlin united i think what's been interesting the last maybe three and a half years we've managed to secure roughly about two hundred thousand pounds worth of grants and foundations for crumlin uh, we've updated the uh, clubhouse which is a two-tier brick uh, clubhouse we've updated the pitch uh, we have put in place a 3g pitch um, uh, we've put in place a whole range of other community type activities so there's a real community feel there's uh, crumbling netballs involved there's a cooking club a stitching club a pensioners there's Weight Watchers. There's a whole range of community clubs now under uh, Crumlin United, and it's really that real focus on on community uh, feel. So really exciting times at Crumlin, both on the field. Uh, we've been playing very well, but obviously very exciting off the field as well. So um, uh, obviously COVID has put a a, a real uh, the breaks on and all of the, the project but this is a time to plan so that's now what we're doing is we're putting together all our strategies all our thoughts we're doing all of our relationship buildings uh, all of our political lobbying and all of those other bits and pieces um, so we're not just stopping the time uh, here doing nothing uh, we're doing lots uh, really to make sure that when uh, COVID has lifted and the restrictions have lifted we're ready to go uh, in a quick way uh, and move the club forward. Jeff, thanks for that. That's a fantastic insight to the work that's going on at Crumlin um, behind the scenes. I've been following it on social media for a while, but you don't really, you don't really get to know all the hard work that goes in um, when you're uh, when you're reading sort of just news posts. But so thank you. Uh, I'll let you go now. But Jeff, one one more question before I do let you go. You coach at the academy at Lurgan Town. You coach at the senior section at Crumlin. Who's the more difficult players to deal with? What a great question. Boy, you're asking all these amazing questions. So you are brilliant. Making me really think here. Um, no, I, I think uh, different, you know, the adults bring a different than what the kids do. Sometimes with the kids, it's like herding cats, but to see them really develop and really grow in such a short time really gives that, um, you know, really joy in, in terms of coaching. Um, regarding uh, the adults, it is uh, a lot a, a different way you've got to put across your message and, and from a, a coaching point of view. So both uh, are different and both have got their both their benefits and both have maybe a little bit of their negatives. But you know what? Doing it together, uh, you know, for, for Crumlin and for, for Lurgan Town is actually just brings a, a holistic view to coaching. 
So I don't think I'm actually maybe answering your question, um, but it's different views. What one what one bit would be with the kids, you know, trying to keep their attention. Maybe with the adults, there's a different bit. But to me, um, I, I have to say I've loved actually coaching the both of them to see the development, you know, of players, no matter what age they are, is just something that's absolutely amazing. And I think that's one thing that, you know, Lurgan Town especially have done an amazing job. They're developing young boys, young girls uh, into young adults and into men and into ladies uh, in the future. And that cannot be underestimated. And that goes to show, you know, to me, the power of, of football and to those maybe people listening, you know, that are involved in coaching, uh, you know, you're making a real impact on people's lives. So uh, keep it going. Jeff, another fantastic answer. Thank you. Um, I think everyone listening will appreciate, especially those that have coached, just how difficult it is to coach the younger kids. And then in, in certain other ways, it is difficult to coach uh, adults, especially maybe if they're not getting as much game time as they should. Um, Jeff, thank you for taking the time to answer some questions for us. Uh, we know you're a busy man with your consultancy business and everything else that you've got going on. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Our second guest is Davy Trainer. Uh, Davy, for the listeners out there, tell them your role at the club. Hey Scott, my role at the club is reserve team captain, and I also coach the under fourteen Lisburn League team. Let's start with you then, Davy. Um, you're what we call a blow in, uh, in that you didn't come through the youth team ranks. Uh, how did you, how did you become? A Lurgan Town player. What took you over here? Well, Scott, you're right. The uh, call me a blue in, that's for sure. Coming from Newry to go and play in Lurgan's not uh, it's not going down just down around the corner, let's let's be honest. But um working in Dramore, as you know, on I was playing for Dramore Amateurs at the time and a good friend of mine had uh, been asked to go over with new management to Lurgan Town, Neil Adair and Mark Remington had been um, given the role of first team and assistant and they tagged along you know sort of had a bit of a conversation that and went over and done the pre-season and just initially loved loved everything about the club and it was, it was actually it was players like yourself Scott and likes of Jeff Greenaway that just made me feel welcome and like I, I trying to think when it was it might have been 07 08 you know I was still young enough and uh, for me to have gone from, you know, just playing Cairnbean League and in, in Uri most of my life, and then play the season obviously with the more amateurs and the amateur league, to going and playing with Lurgan Town, I just thought this is this is some some setup, you know, or intermediate at the time, and the first team was and the reserve team was in the top division of the reserve leagues, you know. So, yeah, that's that was the story there. Fast forward. 13 years in, Davy, and over 300 games for Lurgan Town. Um, did you? Definitely not. i never seen myself. As you know, I did I did have a spell away as one season, I think, after a couple of years, but I was quite, um, quickly come back once I, I realised, you, know, you know, I was happy where I was and just everything the club has to offer, you know, and the other thing is too, you know, I put my son there, an early age and I had academies close to me there was an academy close in Bombridge and things like that there but I seen the setup and 
for me, there's there's no other club, you know. And I've seen it at senior level, and I've seen it now, you know, with my, my eldest boy growing up, you know, and he's been playing football there from, he was six or seven years of age as well. And I, uh, I couldn't, couldn't see myself staying that long, but I definitely couldn't see myself, uh, you know, being anywhere else now, like. You mentioned uh, Jamie there, and we'll we'll come to him in a wee second, Davy. But I want to I want to still talk about Davy the player before we talk about Davy the coach. Um, in in the last thirteen years, you've as I said, you've played over three hundred games. You've won three league titles, um, six individual awards, including two Player of the Years. Um, what you've given the Learning Town really is incredible. For someone, as we said, was a blow in. Uh, with no history to the club, no sort of no background to the club, have you got a favourite, favourite memory, favourite moment, favourite season, anything like that? Yeah, well, there's been quite a few good memories through the years now. Um, so, like you, you mentioned, there winning player of the year um, a couple of times. It's it's definitely has to be up there as as one one of the best memories for the club. Um, also, I'm sure you know I'm not too known for my goals, but I've been known to pop up with the odd sort of important one, you know, and one that sticks out there would have been scoring the goal to win the league for in the Division 2 title race. Um, and then we got the trophy presentation that night um, up there as well, which are a bit of sorry, celebrations that night, you know, which was which went down well. Um, Stephen Beatty, I think I'll remember it well anyway. That's for sure. But the one that stands out most would have been the 17, 18 season. Uh, named captain by Beatty and Shell and went on, had a outstanding season and just romped the league where couldn't be stopped and won won the league with flying colours. And then obviously lifting the league title as captain that, that year was, was quite special. And yeah, I would say that there has to top everything else. Let's talk about Davy, the coach. Then, um, how did you get involved with coaching the young lads? Obviously, you've been playing for a number of years. Um, you mentioned Jamie, your son, playing. Um, was it a matter of, you know, you were on the sideline anyway, and sort of being asked to come along, or what way did it, uh, what way did it start for you? Yeah, well, a bit of both. Um, I was, you know, I was obviously on the sidelines with, with Jamie, you know, taking him to his matches and then. You know, training and stuff, and and starting about and watching, um, from 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 early doors. You know, you had um Paul Mercer and Timmy Dillon coaching the team, and you know, taking them the whole way through the grassroots level, and uh, it was it was great. You know, I I loved it. I, I loved just going on Saturday mornings, just getting up, taking him to his football, making sure he's prepared, and and then watching them. You know, and then. The good thing was, as he got a wee bit older, then you know, we done that, and we still do it today. You know, I go then, and we get about eight, and he he become the my football, and it's sort of our, our day then. As he as he's getting older, though, it's obviously gonna play out a wee bit. But um, I was actually then approached to do it because as times got on, um, Timmy had obviously took a step back after a couple of years of doing it, and then Paul had it. You know, he he had sort of. Got the end of the road too, you know, where he was like, right, time's up, you know. I think he just wanted to let on maybe try and progress his own son, you know, and see how he would get on without, without um, you know, him coaching. 
and Paul approached myself and, and Jeff Greenaway and asked us to come in and take the take the team and Paul would sort of keep an eye on us and sort of stay in touch too, you know, for the for the start of the season and see how things go and it was great, you know, it was the on the twelfth season I started and would you know, big boost to Phil because they had just the boys had just done the the league or the sorry not the league you don't play in the league um the cup on the shield double at under eleven and you know unstoppable really like the the, the boys were the team to beat you know and that's that's just the way it was and it still is to, to a certain degree you know they're still one of the top teams in the Lisbon league and uh, myself and Jeff obviously came in then and took them on and we. Uh, yeah, th- you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to say, you know, just the whole start of the season. Now, Jeff obviously he didn't stay on too long because Deco must have come down and watched his training sessions or something because he he liked what he seen and then he grabbed the hell of him and took him up to the seniors and Jeff couldn't pass that opportunity obviously, so he left me on my own for a bit. But Robin Kiarsen came in, um, sort of towards the the end of that year, just before just before Christmas actually, and we just got into the final again for the Shield. And that's whenever Robin had joined in on great addition as well, you know, brilliant because it's hard work, it is hard work on your own. And Paul Marshall, you know, credit to him for doing it for so long on his own. Um, but for, for them, few months they don't on my own, you know, you could feel that you could feel it, you know, everything was on you. But whenever Robin came in, it definitely it, it lightened the load a bit in training sessions and um, whatnot. But uh, no, brilliant, great, great great bunch of boys and, and definitely thoroughly enjoyed it and I uh, have to say I didn't think I was ready for it and I genuinely didn't think I was ready for it but after getting into it and getting through that first season you know I, I sort of knew then that right I'm, I'm happy and I'm ready to push on a wee bit now you know with my you know coaching uh, so to speak. And obviously they lost half a season or more last year uh, due to COVID-19 um, this year their season hasn't really got going uh, their training has been interrupted they've maybe played a few friendly matches how have they been finding it? Well to be honest if, uh, their attitude has been spot on if I'm honest with you um, yes the season was cut short last year but we actually got um, the whole way through the season there was only three games left to play and it was um, first season at under 13, which was the first time the boys had ever played 11 to say too. And uh, the way the the way the Lisbon League works, the first part of the season, we're all, we're in the top uh, the top division, and you're basically playing to stay in it. You know, um, from what I gathered anyway, at um, play everyone once and. Yeah, either move down or yeah, you stay in that league, which we we did with. We uh we played I think it was nine games and it was nine games one four lost four drew one, um so there was room for improvement and then the the second part of the season started, and the boys were flying um unbeaten, uh, one six and drew two games, and there was a couple of new additions the um a, few, a couple of teams had come up from the league below so there was three games basically left to play and um they were going they were going well you know anything could have happened um. In terms of of winning the league, and whatnot, and they uh, got to the was the semi final, 
Jeez, my memory's gone. Um, but the 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 great season. Um, at, you know their their first the first goal at eleven aside, and then obviously COVID struck, and that was that, and that was you know obviously the end of March. Um, I think it was around the middle of March the football actually quit, and then we um, myself and Marcus Marcus Smiley came in came on board during the summer and decided to help me out because Robin had obviously Robin Robin had left and wanted to pursue his own senior um, management career, and uh, we got the boys back then as soon as lockdown was lifted middle of July. And we've just been getting games flat out, you know, and to be fair, we've had a season without having a season, you know, um, just just games after games, training twice a week and uh, games. And I think we counted up the, we played 14 friendlies from the, from the middle of July right up to the the last lockdown was was sort of the there was the wee lockdown was lifted there just before Christmas, um squeezed in two games there just before Christmas as well, and the boy the boys have been loving it you know we're done through through the through the first the lockdown we were done like online Zoom classes and stuff just to keep the boys together and get them interacting with each other you know because I'm sure it was boring for them too stuck in the house and there's no way that boys are going to go out and do their own training and, and run about. But let's face it, they're 12, 13 year old kids, you know, they, they should be fit enough anyway. But it, it's just about keeping routine and trying to keep them trying to keep them all interested, you know, and I was um I was well pleased with with the attitudes of them and the, the the way they got on through it, you know, and seeing them back then after the lockdowns and whatever else, you know, and, and they were just raring to go. And even now, you know, through this one, they just the 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 vibe is they can't wait to get to the end of February to hopefully get a get a bit of football again. And with any luck, might put some sort of a season on. You know, even if you're not playing for anything, it's just to play, you know, games against you know the the, the teams in the league and just a bit of normality more than anything. You know, for, for them. Davy, thanks for that. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, just a bit of normality uh, for the kids, and I think for everyone would be would be a welcome addition. Uh, I can't believe he got 14 games played uh, from July, which is fantastic. You know, and I guess the guys don't uh, don't really mind that it's uh, a friendly match as such, as long as it's against uh, someone maybe they haven't played against before, rather than, a, you know, just a practice game and training or something like that. Davey, it's been a fantastic insight to uh, life as a, as a coach at under 14s, but also as a player at Lurgan Town. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Talk of the Town. If you hit the subscribe button on your preferred download location, that should mean you never miss an episode. You can keep up to date on all things related to the club at lurgantownfc.com or search for Lurgantown FC on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening.